Hello and welcome to the Lancet podcast. Richard Lane with you here on Thursday, June the 20th. This week we're discussing a really important but somewhat neglected global health problem, that is intimate partner homicide. This week we published today an article, a linked comment, and our lead editorial this week is on this very important topic. To find out more, I spoke to one of the authors of the research article, Dr. Heidi Steckel from the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine. Dr. Steckel, many thanks indeed for talking to The Lancet. You're one of the authors of this very interesting paper to do with intimate partner homicide. This clearly is a, a very interesting area, but I'm guessing an area that's very difficult to study and get good data on before we go on and then talk about interpretation of that data. So can you start off by giving us some some background here? Up until this study, what have we known about rates of intimate partner homicide? We have known rates or numbers from some countries. So individual countries, they collect the data on, on homicide generally, and they would kind of put down who the perpetrator of the of the homicide was. And there were some initiatives around the world who looked at femicide and intimate partner homicide among women. But there was no study up to date who looked at the rates of intimate partner homicide among men or kind of generally for both men and women. And also most of the studies who looked at intimate partner homicide among women, they tended to only look at police data or contacting um statistical offices around the world, there was no study where they did a systematic review on the rates of intimate partner homicide. So the data at best then is patchy. So presumably the aim of your study then uh, was very much, and this we should stress, this is very much a global study, you're looking at data internationally here, is to try and get a more accurate picture concerning the actual rates of intimate partner um, homicide and presumably to contrast female homicide with male homicide. Yeah, that's right. And also because most studies on intimate partner homicide among women were done, most of them are based in Western countries and actually nearly exclusively in the U.S. and Canada. And there are some initiatives in Latin America, but the vast majority of studies really comes from the U.S. Tell us how you did this enormous systematic review. I mean, we're talking about, you must have trawled all sorts of data. I know you'll come to the results in a moment, but you actually used data from 118 studies, didn't you? Yes. So initially we started off, as the study was part of the Global Burden of Disease Review um, and a part of the risk factors for intimate partner violence. So we we started off doing a traditional systematic review, and I found these over 2,000 abstracts that I screened from the five databases, and we screened them together in a pair, um, following the normal procedures of a systematic review. But what I realized is that I drew mainly studies from the U.S. and Canada and some European studies, but no studies from other places in the world except South Africa. So I decided that this this can't be sufficient and we can't have a global review that's only based on high-income countries. And so I just, by chance, started looking at uh, statistical offices across the world, and I had a very nice contact with a woman in Mauritius from the statistical office who actually provided me the data. And that's when we decided in our team that we need to go beyond the systematic review and actually contact statistical offices around the world which also is a method that has previously been used, but that we have to combine the two the two methods in order to really get a global picture of what is going on. And I think it, we, we took the right approach because 
In the systematic review, we uncovered a lot of studies that we otherwise would not have found, for example, the data from Fiji, but also in the, by contacting the statistical offices, we have found a lot of other information that we otherwise would not have gotten. And by intimate partner, I know it sounds obvious, but are we talking about any couples? Be, um, are we talking about just heterosexual couples here? That's a very good question that's quite often raised. We are talking about heterosexual and homosexual couples, so we try to be as inclusive as possible because in some countries they would have only looked at married women and in others they looked at um, a lot of different forms of relationships, including homosexuals. But actually... Um, so homosexual couples are only included in the high-income countries, and but they make up a very small percentage. So leaving them out wouldn't have made such a big difference in the homicide rates and among intimate partners. And do intimate partners, I mean, are we talking any relationship that's been intimate, even if it's short-lived, or are we talking relationships that are over a certain length of time to qualify as, as a partnership? We also talk about short-lived relationships and even... Um, yes, we talk about short-lived relationships, but what's more important is that we also talk about former relationships. So the partner who killed could have also been the former partner of a woman or a man. And that's quite an important point, I'm sure, that we come to later when we talk about the reasons Absol for the homicide. Absolutely. Just carry on a little bit more about the methodology, which, which I think is just fascinating itself, how you actually carry out a study of this magnitude. I found it very fascinating to conduct the study, and I have to say that I never thought it so satisfying to contact all these statistical officers, because a lot of them did get back to me, and although some of them did not have the information, I got a very um, nice email from Belize, where they said that, unfortunately, they don't have the data, but as they are now setting up the new electronic system, they will include it in their in their drop-down menu that intimate partners as perpetrators, and they haven't thought about it before. And the same was in Germany, where I contacted um, the crime um, the crime office, and they also said that they haven't included intimate partners; they only put down relationships or family members. But in the future, because so many people have asked, they will start collecting this data and they will start requesting it. So it really gave me the feeling that when you when you do this kind of research, you are making a difference. And that was quite satisfying as well. So it's not only you collecting the data, but you're also kind of giving feedback to them. Indeed. Now, we must talk about what the data said, the results. How would you summarize the key findings? The key findings, I think, is that one in seven homicides are committed by an intimate partner. And this is something that we've really not known and that we've really have that's not how homicides are generally perceived so one in seven of both men and women who are killed are killed by their partner and over a third of all women and probably up to 50 percent of all women who are killed are killed by an intimate partner and up to six percent of all men who are killed are killed by an intimate partner you've just highlighted a massive difference between female and male homicide then so between a third and half of all women killed are killed by a partner or a former partner compared to only maybe six percent of men so can you just start exploring that difference between men and women there so our findings follow general patterns that you see about inter interpersonal violence so we do know that men are more likely to experience interpersonal violence and they're also much more likely to be killed than women so the rates of male homicides are much higher than female homicides but what we also know is that women are more likely to experience interpersonal violence in the domestic sphere 
while as men are less far less likely to experience violence there. Is that so, purely because physically women uh, may find it more difficult if they want you know to actually perpetrate that homicide? Being, being on average physically um, less strong th than their male partners? I would be careful to say that because we have this data from the U.S. that shows that in the 1970s, the rates of female and male intimate partner homicides were about the same. So, and But over the years, the rates for male homicides dropped, male homicides by intimate partners dropped significantly. So we are talking about 1,500 men approximately in the 1975 and about 300 to 400 in 2010 or 2011. Women were able to perpetrate homicides against their partners in the 1970s as well. But I think it's um, so at the same rates as men. But the differences that are really, really strong is that women tend to perpetrate homicide among, against their partners um, while they're in the relationship. And so the more women were able over the years to leave abusive relationships, to become economically independent, and the more there was a criminal justice response to violence and social sector response to violence, the more services were offered to abused women, the more likely they were able to leave an abusive relationship and the kind of less likely they were to to murder their partner in response to violence if it was in self-defense to the violence they experienced. While as men, so women did not experience that same drop in homicide rates, intimate partner homicide rates over the years in the U.S. There are still over a thousand women murdered every year in the U.S., even in 2010. So the, there is a slight drop, but not such a significant drop. And the reason probably is that women are more likely to be killed by their partner during separation and afterwards. So it's less linked. So it's more linked to all these reasons like jealousy and the control, and the kind of social norms that allow violence and um, have this kind of strong gender attitudes that a man must keep his wife and that he has a right, a right over his over his wife or his female partner. So just to clarify then, what what do you think the reasons are today for this new finding then about the, about this this big difference then between men and women? I think the the reason is that a lot of women are still facing a lot of a lot of attitudes and norms that allow violence and that believe that violence against them is okay, even this kind of very extreme form of violence, which homicide is. I think it still replicates with the findings of the global burden of disease that intimate partner violence is still very common against women, and over a third of women experience it experiencing it getting to the root of it what's the cause of this of this ongoing intimate partner violence because that's clearly the cause of the homicide so we've got to get behind the cause of that we do know quite a lot about the reasons and the risk factors for intimate partner violence and one of the strongest risk factors that comes out in a lot of studies is experiencing childhood violence of both men and women that this really increases the risk it also is individual alcohol abuse of men that they are more likely to perpetrate violence if they um, drink a lot of alcohol. Also discriminatory laws in a lot of countries that allow violence to happen and they don't give women any ability to to react to the violence, as well as social and cultural norms, as I mentioned before, that think that violence against your partner is okay and is justifiable. But then also a, a lack of economic um, position of women to actually leave relationships that are abusive and or to deal with violence in another way. 
And we still don't have many interventions with abusive men, actually. So we have interventions, but we need more testing of them and more to prove that they actually work really well. What about regional variations? This was a global study. There were quite high regional variations, and we kind of do wonder if there can be real differences in the rates of homicides, meaning that in like in the high-income countries where the rates of homicides are generally quite low, you have higher rates of intimate partner homicide. They can be cultural and societal as well. We don't would not know this from our data. But we, we know from our data that the results are highly affected by the number of studies we found because in some regions we barely found any study and the kind of quality of this data. So the higher the missing information in terms of studies, but also in terms of who the perpetrator of the homicide was, the kind of lower the rates were we found in these regions. So we would really stress that we need more data in these regions as well, and we probably then would find higher rates of intimate partner homicide as well among men and women. What were the most common modes of homicide? Do they vary between men and women or in regions? This depends on countries, actually. Um, there are studies from the U.S. where gun availability really affected the rates of homicide, intimate partner homicide. And there are regional studies that show in, in, in states where there are more lax gun laws and states where there are, there are gun laws that don't allow someone who has a domestic violence probation order to uh, to own a gun, that the rates of home, intimate partner homicides are quite different. I'm not fully um, sure now about the study, but from what I remember is that women are more likely to use guns to kill their partner, and men are more likely to strangle the women or beat them to death, which due to physical differences, I guess, is not an option really available for, women. for them. Yeah, as we maybe suggested earlier. We must wrap this up. Fascinating though it is, and we want everyone to, to, to read. I can And I can hear your dog in the background, which is great. Don't worry <laughs> about that. It's nice to have a dog on the show. Final thought, Heidi, though. Um, seriously, implications of these data, we clearly need much stronger public health preventative measures, don't we, particularly to, to assist women in abusive relationships. That's obvious, mm. isn't it? Yes. That's obvious. I think we have two important implications, though, and that's why linking criminal justice response and health response is quite important. From the criminal justice response, we need better data and we need better linking of data. It's difficult to collect this information, but I think we really need it because in order to prevent homicide, we need to know who was the perpetrator. But from the health system, I think the, we have very good tools available to screen women for intimate partner violence, to identify those who are in severe, who experience severe violence and who are at risk of homicide. And I think it's just time that there is a greater awareness that the health system really can do a lot as well to prevent homicide. Because most of the women who are killed by an intimate partner, they went, they saw someone in the health system beforehand and they might have told them about the violence or it could have been identified that she experiences this extreme violence. Indeed. Well, it's a really fascinating study, important new data on a massive global problem, particularly affecting women, men as well, but particularly women, of course. Dr. Heidi Steckel on the line from Germany. Many thanks indeed for talking to The Lancet. Thank you very much. Many thanks again to Heidi Steckel. And do look out for the linked comment and our lead editorial this week on this very important global health topic. That's all for this week. See you next time.